I want to talk about episode 7 and 8 of My Demon, all the chaos that has happened, how the chemistry has gotten even better, and some of the theories that I've been hearing that I think are pretty damn accurate. Let's go. Hi, I'm Monique. I am the host of Off My Purple Heart Podcast, where I talk to you about K-dramas, C-dramas, BTS, and whatever else I want to talk about. I have to talk about My Demon some more. My Demon, with every episode, has been getting steadily better. I have done two prior episodes, and Guan, and this is going to go into a lot of spoilers, so if you haven't watched and you want to be spoiler-free, tune out and then come back for the discussion. Guan got stabbed <laughs> in episode 7, which was... A horrible horrible cliffhanger let me tell you I was just beside myself and I was like oh my god what the hell is going on but um, everything kind of worked out in the end he got medical attention right away I like that there wasn't a lot of time wasted narratively in the show he was stabbed and it was probably one of the most gruesome stabbings I've seen in a K-drama recently mind you I haven't finished watching um, the worst of evil so that one probably has got it beat but it was very gruesome. I gotta tell you, the actor that's portraying the s serial killer slash stalker, which someone very uh, cleverly named uh, Buffalo Bill <laughs> of My Demon, which I think is really accurate with the really weird, scary, unsettling prosthetics that he's putting on his face. He does have a lot of mannerisms of Buffalo Bill and just with the creepy, distorted music that he's always playing, just a really unsettling character. You just feel really un at, you're just at unease every time you see him. And just the way he was getting so much pleasure af after stabbing um, Guan in the chest and like thrusting that knife in and stepping on it with his foot. Like I was legitimately terrified and it's actually really hard in a show where you know the lead is most likely going to make it out, <laughs> right? Because where's the show if the lead characters aren't, you know, alive? I mean, this isn't Game of Thrones, right? But I actually felt like actual cinematic tension with that fight scene. So I was glad that, you know, his butler was able to assist him, push him off right away. And I love that at the last moment, his prosthetics, his mask slipped. So Guan actually got a really good look at his face and it terrified him as it should i feel like that character is so aggravating and so unsettling to watch so i really want him to get what's his because i think that would be so incredibly satisfying uh i have to talk about the chemistry of guan and dohi i feel like in the last episode i was saying i was getting more and more of the chemistry i was really buying into it and there are specific moments that really uh, were highlighted for me, but this episode I think was the best as far as establishing them as a couple. Of course, a big traumatic moment like this happening to Guan, so it kind of puts him and uh, though he at the same level, they both had life-threatening experiences which have kind of forced them into close proximity even more so and have made them cling to one another that much more. But him, you know, hanging in the balance in his life and her being arrested even though she knew the charges were bunk and even like the police chief was kind of like I'm being pressured by higher-ups to do this we know that you're not guilty of any crimes or killing Madame Ju but we have to bring you in and the tension when she found out that you know Guan was hurt and just it was just it was just great how 
there she had that level of distress and it helps to buy into the romance that much more because even with the flirtation of the previous episodes and even with the life-saving measures that Guan was able to do for her they were still having a lot of snarky moments and it was still very push and pull with the two of them so for this to happen it really makes it that much more believable that we're moving now into the romance portion of things. And we kind of have to start getting the ball rolling with that because we're now going to go into like episode 9 soon and this is like 16 episode series. So I was wondering how they're going to flip it that it would make it believable that he, Guan, would actually genuinely have feelings for her other than, you know, recognizing that she's an attractive woman, having to be close close proximity to her because of the power transfer with the cross tattoo on her wrist but this episode really solidified for me the chemistry like the charging moments even in the last episode you know in episode seven they're kind of lying in the bed together and he holds onto the hand and you know they're kind of looking at each other and there's that one scene where they kind of stare into each other's eyes and it's it's just got so good and then episode eight just compounded on top of that and they got even closer and that he's like asking can i just hug you for like just five minutes don't go away just yet and them hugging and that chemistry just keeps building up like i love that this show is actively getting better and better i feel like it's doing everything that destined with you didn't do like it's got the perfect tone right now it's dark it's mysterious there's an element of danger and i don't think either character are making like really vast mistakes and the tension is there and the chemistry you're buying into it while not getting frustrated with the female lead like i really enjoy dohi as a character and i want her to succeed in the war against her family which yeah is like a whole other spiel like we're getting confirmation through episode seven and definitely in episode eight that the nephew of the eldest brother is bad news like he obviously was showing sociopathic behavior in prior episodes but this episode confirms that he has been in the cahoots with buffalo bill to bring down dohi and you know even the brother and the confrontation between him and dohi and him pointing that rifle in her face staring her down the barrel of the gun but waiting until she walked away until he fired that shot as a warning shot that yeah I am not afraid to kill you if you push me that far was just so bone chilling and I love that though he had the strength to basically turn around and call him out on his shit and say what a coward you are to wait until I turn my back to you to shoot after me like get it together you know so I love that there's that racketing tension and I love that even in the midst of all of this war between the families, this whole succession plot that's been going on with the murder of Madame Ju and what have you, I love that she actually reflected on what happened to Guan, genuinely felt guilt, not even just because he has previously saved her life, but because she's come to a point where she genuinely has cared for him and she's even uttered the word love. And I get through like the traumatic events that they've both have been under since it makes sense that we're seeing or hearing the word love being thrown around now because i would normally say i would want the romance to be drawn out a little bit more i know things have to start to get the ball moving because we're in episode seven and eight 
but I, I still wanted a little bit more pulled out but I understand because of everything that just transpired that you know they would start to take that romantic shift and that the fact that she felt so much guilt and that her nephew kind of stuck that knife in saying to Guan, you know, everyone that around her that she loves ends up dying, so you should stay clear of her. And the fact that to protect him, she basically distanced herself and probably said one of the worst things to him to protect him. She said, you're too weak at this point to even defend yourself, much less me, so we should really go our separate ways. And this was all because she's trying to protect him. The mounting guilt has been piling up. She's been getting like, I don't know if you'd refer to it as like um, her subconscious kind of speaking to her or like premonitions or just getting like imaginary Madame Ju just appearing at her side and kind of talking to her. I don't know if that's our conscious talking or that might be like another supernatural element that we're not privy to yet that she's not comprehending. But I actually like that Madame Ju has been like popping up here and there, kind of talking to Dohi as well in the midst of all of this. And she genuinely feels a sense of remorse of after everything was happening and genuinely wants to protect Guan, but hit him with something that truly hurt. I'm glad in the end that he saw reason and knew that she was doing this as a protective mechanism, not that she was trying to intentionally hurt him, but was trying in her own way to protect him as well. But there is so much other things as well that I, I really, really liked. Um, I like the fact that the Ajima beggar that has been popping up in a few episodes who at first you would think is like a comedic relief it turns out that her character definitely has more going underneath the surface and especially when she remarked in one scene you know oh she must have saved his life because she was looking at the moon in a particular way and she had that far away look in her eyes so i don't know if she's like a deity from the past or like some type of overseer and all the events that are happening but obviously that character is a lot more important than we were led to believe because she's popped up enough now and she just comes across really suspicious she just happens to be there at the right time so I'm really curious in how they're gonna weave her into the plot line as well I'm assuming that she's gonna be some part of the past live um, storyline to unfold which speaking of which there is a lot of theories that are going around right now and a lot of them I'm really buying into I think one of the big theories that I've heard is that in the past life obviously Dohi had a connection to Guan in his human years and I do believe that she was a guardian of some sort of him some a guardian of some sort for him and I do believe that they were lovers in the past and for some reason there was something she had to do in order to protect him and which is why in now present day their power um, the powers of Guan was then transferred to Dohi and why he seems to be getting weaker and weaker and I have to say I really love Song Kang in episode 8 in particular they've been hinting that Guan could potentially like spontaneously combust if um, his powers aren't given to him in full back like there is actual consequence for what's going on with him right now and that 
nightmare that he got where he's just surrounded like by a pit of fire and he slowly sees his fingers light on fire and the amount of pain and suffering that he's going through and that it really shook him from his like arrogant stance like I love the character I love his cockiness I love that he enjoys being a demon but for him to actually experience fear like an actual fear for the first time and kind of be going through like PTSD after a traumatic event like being violently stabbed like that while the assaulter is right above you basically cackling and taking in joy as you're slowly dying it's very very traumatic and i love that he for the first time feels the vulnerability of what it's like to be human outside of you know feeling these emotions of guilt and remorse and compassion and empathy and not realizing that he's falling in love with dohi as well and actually cares about her well-being beyond the fact that she is a conduit to his power, but that he can actually die and he can experience pain once again like a human. And I think the way Song Kang in particular was portraying that was really, really good. So it was just, it, it's just been jam-packed with action like back to back. Like I've been enjoying every episode. I think episode eight was the best so far, which is great. I love with every episode that I'm getting more and more intrigued with the show. And that I think that the latest episode's the absolute best. I really am curious about how it's going to go in episode nine. I will still say I don't trust the second male lead. There's just something about him. I know he comes across like he really genuinely is on Dohi's side. And I believe on some level the character does believe what he's doing is the best for Dohi. But he's just really suspicious. I, the way he was talking to Guan and you know it's like you may not be scared of me but I'm going to make sure that I make your life a living hell. I'm going to be a nuisance to you. I'm going to be like that annoying gnat that's just going to burr itself into everything like a termite that kind of just eats away at wood until the entire foundation of the house falls apart. Like there's just something unsettling about him and I don't know if the actor's playing this because he's being directed to because he's going to turn out to be a big bad in the end as well because obviously the eldest brother in the family was a villain and I'm glad that he finally showed his cards and obviously the nephew or whatever that psychotic character was also bad news and I'm not surprised that he is entangled with the Buffalo Bill character but the second male lead I don't know what angle the show is trying to go with him but I genuinely don't trust him I just think he looks off I think he's too much in Dohi's business. The fact that he suspects that Guan is not human is really off to me because I know we're dealing with a fantasy show and there's like suspension of belief, but as a character within the show, why would your first guess be that you're not human? Just because he saw one picture of a man from like 1788 or whatever the time period was, why would your first guess be that is actually Guan of today that I'm seeing in the past? Why wouldn't you think that was like a doppelganger or a family with a, just a really strong striking resemblance like how Dohi was trying to play it off? There's just something really unsettling about that character. I don't trust him and I'm waiting for the show to confirm that. But I gotta tell you, I am locked in and loaded for my demon and absolutely, I'm gonna continue talking about it. So you better buckle up so thank you this is going to be the podcast for today if you're not watching my demon yet you need to get on the train let's go i think when i do a wrap-up of all my favorite korean dramas of 
2023 i think this is going to be up there because so far it hasn't disappointed me yet it's getting better and better with every episode and i just hope that the writers don't lose it now to me it's done everything that destined with you was trying to do and it's doing it a lot better and i'm just so happy for song kang because vindication because i heard so many people in the earlier um episodes even before when the show aired that they weren't excited because they don't like song kang and romance roles which i knew was bull so i'm just glad he's getting vindication i know this show is popular as all hell i know he also has sweet home that's also doing really well on netflix right now that may be a show that i might check out in the new year because i have a lot on my plate right now that i want to get out and filmed and recorded but any case till the next episode i appreciate you all whoever's watching on youtube love you please subscribe please share and if you're listening via spotify I implore you to share and five stars if you will. Till the next episode, bye.